Good morning, IBCM. It's Wednesday morning, September 15th. And thank you for joining with me today for our daily time of Bible study and prayer. I pray that you had a great night's sleep last night and that you are already getting a good start to your day. I've said this a number of times in the past uh, months as we have been gathering on weekday mornings that um, this is a great way to start my day. I feel that way to be uh, together with you, even though it is online, to be together with you in uh, prayer and Bible study. So let's begin with a selected passage from Psalm 145, a passage that will get us started in a time of um, praise, uh, adoration, uh, and, and intercession and prayer, praise of God and, and prayer together. So let me read the first seven verses of Psalm 145, Psalm 145, verses 1 to 7. And, and then uh, in a few moments, we'll continue our discussion on uh, the value of disciple making. All right, Psalm 145, 1 to 7. I exalt you, my God, the King, and bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you every day. I will praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is great and is highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of your splendor and glorious majesty and your wondrous works. They will proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring acts and I will declare your greatness. They will give a testimony of your great goodness and will joyfully sing of your righteousness. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for inspiring David to write this wonderful praise of God and his greatness. Let's spend some uh, a few moments praying through this psalm together uh, as we begin our time together. Uh, as I prayed, Father, thank you for your spirit that inspired David to write this beautiful psalm of praise. And as we pray this psalm this morning, we just want to draw from this psalm our own words of praise. It is our desire, God, to exalt you as not only a great and good God, but our King. It is our desire, Lord God, to bless you, to make your name known forever and ever. Lord, we want our lives to be a blessing to you. And we know, Lord, that as we live a life that is a blessing to you, that it will also serve to bless others. For God, that is why you saved us. You saved us not only for a relationship with you that is real and personal, but you saved us in such a way that we can be a blessing to others. And so, Lord, since you are worthy of our worship and our praise, we, we exalt you and we praise you. We admit to you that your greatness, your goodness, uh, you yourself are truly unsearchable. You, we, we could never figure you out. And apart from your spirit revealing you to us, we could never find you. But if we search you with all of our heart because you love us, because your spirit is, is guiding us, we discover you and discover that you have actually chosen us. 
What do we see here in this psalm? Uh, uh, a resonation um, of the value that we're talking about. That is disciple making. Right there in verse 4, God, you tell us that each generation declares your works to the next. So we see, Lord, that you have called us to um, perpetuate your name and your gospel to a new generation. And so, Lord, we speak of your splendor. We speak of your glorious majesty. We speak of your wondrous works. And as we speak, our speech proclaims the power of your awe-inspiring actions. Our speech declares your greatness to uh, the world. Our speech gives a testimony of your great goodness in our lives. And Lord, we will joyfully sing of your righteousness. We love you, God, and we praise you. And this morning, we're worshiping you together. And we want, we desire your word to speak to us powerfully in a few moments, as it already has in this song. And Lord, um, we, we have many people that we are praying for. And so we want to lift up those uh, in our church family who are sick, uh, suffering from cancer, uh, uh, ill from the COVID virus. We pray, Lord, for your healing and for your power to work through those in our church family who are sick. We especially want to lift up to you, uh, Hurley and Becky and Jenny and uh, Dumong and Cassie and Nita, who are suffering from cancer. And we want to lift up Alan, who is recovering from COVID. And... Um, Lord, we want to lift up the Viegas family, who recently lost husband, father, brother, former pastor, friend. We pray, Lord, for comfort and peace and assurance. That you will protect people from bitterness over the circumstances of his passing, Pastor Ed's passing, and that there will just be a deep peace and resignation to your kingdom will and purpose. Right now, each one of us are voicing to you our prayer for people who are special to us that we want to lift up in prayer. We pray, Lord, for our mission partners, Two-Thirds World Network, North Park Baptist Church, International Mission Board, Asia Pacific uh, Mission Institute, um, there are other partners, but these specifically we lift up to you today and pray that you will make them fruitful and that our partnership will still be powerful. Lord, there's a long list of people that we are praying for salvation. And so, Lord, we lift them up to you today. I'm thinking of Leo and Archie, and I'm thinking of another young man named Leo and I'm thinking of a, a man named Jay and a, a woman named Charmaine I, I'm lifting these up to you today we're praying that the gospel will travel to them today in some way Lord we pray your spirit will bring about conviction for their need for salvation 
towards each one of us right now, we have our own needs and desires. Disappointments, discouragements, challenges, weaknesses. We pray for your strengthening power. We pray for hope that will give us endurance and hardship. Now, Lord, as we read and meditate on your word, we're praying that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher, that it will be a powerful word that shapes us as your people. And we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let's continue now our discussion of the core value of IBC Manila, disciple making. I just want to remind us how important these core values are. Here's how powerful and, and important they are. Here's the truth. We learned this from scripture and we simply learned this from experience in life, but especially scripture. What we learned is that all of our thoughts, all of our attitudes, all of our speech, all of our actions, our conduct, our behavior, how we manage and live our lives, all of these are shaped by our values. Everything, what we do, how we react or respond or proact, it's, it's all, these are all shaped by our values. And so who we are as God's people, individually and as a corporate body of Christ, a church, everything about us is shaped by what we value. So, so these values are integral to our church. The value of worship value of God's word, the value of prayer, and this week the value of disciple making. These values transform, conform, shape us to be the kind of people that God wants us to be, to be the kind of church that God wants us to be. And the reason why each week we uh, continue that discussion from Sunday it's not because I don't think you heard me the first time, but it's because any topic in scripture, we could spend every day of the year focusing on any biblical topic because God's word is a treasure chest that is unfathomable. I mean, it is so deep. You never reach the end. It never runs out of treasure. But there's another reason. It's because as your brother and pastor, I want to make sure that we are allowing these values from God's word to saturate our minds and hearts in such a way that they empower us and mobilize us, inspire us, 
So today we continue talking about disciple making. Let me, excuse me for a moment. Let me ask you this question as we uh, discuss a passage. We're going to look at a passage in the book of Romans in a few moments. But let me, let me first ask you, let's think about this question. Have you considered recently the miracle of feet? Have you thought about that? God is an amazing creator. And our creator structured and formed our bodies in such a way that we have feet. It's miraculous. Actually, uh, human feet are one of those physical attributes that make us distinct in God's creation. Without feet, we could not stand upright. Without feet, we could not walk and move. Feet are absolutely necessary to our physical structure. It's a beautiful thing. And you know, footwork is important. Footwork is essential to so many things in life. Think about dancing. Footwork is essential to dancing. Whether it's a waltz or ballet or a folk dance or a jazz dance, any kind of dance, footwork is essential. Without the proper footwork, you would be like me, <laughs> a clumsy dancer. Footwork is essential to, as I mentioned, running and walking. Footwork is essential to standing firm, standing tall, standing uh, in strength. Footwork is essential to climbing. Footwork is essential to any sport, whether it's boxing or football or basketball or baseball or gymnastics. Without the proper footwork, the athletic performance is less than adequate. Think about it for a moment. Think about how essential our feet are. You know what? Footwork is also essential to disciple making. If you don't believe me, listen to Romans 10, 15. The second part of Romans 10, 15. The second half of the verse. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Footwork is essential to disciple making. And it's also beautiful. Now let's read the whole passage. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 to 17. How then can they call on him, Jesus, how can they call on him they have not believed in? Makes sense. And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all obey the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? 
So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes from the message about Christ. So let's talk about this essential need for footwork in disciple making. I want to lift out from this passage four important principles of our footwork. The overall principle of this passage is this. The goal of the gospel. Here's the goal of the gospel. Belief in Jesus. That's the goal. That's the ultimate goal of the gospel. That people will hear it and will believe in Jesus. And footwork is required. Principle number one, people must hear the gospel. How can they call on him if they, how can, and how can they believe on him without hearing about him? So you see, people must hear the gospel. How do they hear the gospel? Footwork. People who are followers of Jesus travel the gospel by foot to people who need to hear it. That footwork of traveling the gospel so people can hear it can be uh, demonstrated or can be um, accomplished in a, in a variety of ways. Of course, right now, our footwork primarily is social media, online Bible studies, sending texts and messages. Uh, we, our travel is restricted. We can't go every place, be with everyone. But that's still a part of our footwork today. But that is taking the gospel to people who need to hear it. People must hear the gospel. And let me be clear what we mean by hear means. What it means. It means to give an audience. It means to listen with perception. It's not just hearing a sound, but it's actually intentional listening. And we can be confident that when we, uh, when our foot feet, <laughs> whether it's by our lips or social media or however we are proclaiming the gospel, as our feet take the gospel to people's ears, we can be confident that the Holy Spirit is the one who is speaking through us, making us efficient and effective and persuasive so that people are not just hearing the sound of a voice, but they're listening with perception. They're giving an audience to the gospel message. So people must hear the gospel. That's why our footwork is essential. Second principle, people must preach the gospel. Second part of verse 14, how can they hear without a preacher? Now, Paul is not talking about a vocational pastor. I'm a preacher. That's, that's one of my primary responsibilities as your pastor is to preach the word. But that's not what Paul is talking about. He's not talking about a person who preaches on Sunday mornings to a church. The word preach here uh, means to herald. It's a word used to describe a public crier who announces the news to a community. It means to proclaim. And we know from other passages of scripture that God intends every one of us, not just your pastors, 
not just your Bible study leaders, but God desires and actually commands each and every one of us to be a public crier, a proclaimer, a herald of the gospel. People cannot hear the gospel if there's not someone proclaiming the gospel. And so that's why our footwork is essential. Because people must hear the gospel, then we must preach the gospel. And that requires us to travel to people who need to hear. Footwork. The third principle is in verse 15. First part, and how can they preach unless they are sent? People must be sent with the gospel. And Paul is not simply talking about missionaries here. It is important for us as a church to send missionaries. And as a church, we support and have sent uh, directly and indirectly a number of people who are church planters, um, intercultural missionaries, and even cross-cultural missionaries. And right now our church is preparing another person to go to a foreign land to be a missionary. But that's not what Paul is talking about here. The word sent here means to set apart. And to set apart with liberty to act. The reason why we have so many discipleship training uh, classes. The reason why we put so much emphasis on discipleship, our SLF Institute, uh, encouraging each one of us to be engaged in a small group Bible study. The reason is because the gospel needs to be sent and it needs to be sent among people who are well-trained, well-equipped, equipped, uh, uh, set free with liberty and freedom to act with the gospel. People must hear the gospel, so people must preach the gospel. So as a church, we must send you with the gospel. And that's why our footwork is essential. Because you and I must be sent, well-trained, equipped, mobilized, supported, encouraged, reminded, trained. The fourth principle is in that second passage, second part of verse 15 that we have already alluded to. People who bring the gospel have beautiful feet. Now, not everyone who hears the gospel that we're proclaiming recognizes our beautiful feet. In fact, Paul wrote, quoting Isaiah, that question, Lord, who has believed our message? Paul reminds us that not all hear and obey the gospel. But who is the one that we are concerned about recognizing our beautiful feet? Of course, we want people we want people to believe in Jesus. We want our message. We want the way we proclaim, uh, herald the gospel. We want that to be persuasive. We want people to hear 
and receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved from sin and death, have an eternal relationship with Jesus that is real and personal. But we understand that not everyone will obey the gospel. And sometimes we become discouraged, like Isaiah did. Lord, who will ever, who will ever believe our message? But look at verse 17. Paul encourages us. Faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. So God knows our footwork. God knows how beautiful our feet are. We bring good news to lost sinners. And those who do obey the gospel, those who do repent of their sin and confess Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. Those who have really heard the good news of the gospel, they know how beautiful our feet are. Think about the person who introduced you to Jesus. Who was that Levi who introduced you to Jesus, who invited you into the gospel story? Aren't you grateful to God for their footwork? Aren't you happy that they loved the Lord and loved you enough to travel the gospel to your life? Indeed, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's an interesting phrase in scripture. The word beautiful also means to bloom. It means to be timely, seasonal, belonging to the right hour or season. It's used to describe a flourishing plant or project. How beautiful. People must hear the gospel. People must preach the gospel. People must be sent with the gospel. And when we go travel the gospel, people who need to hear it. It is timely. It is seasonable. It is just the right hour, just the right moment, because we're going by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, who is preparing people to hear the gospel message. How beautiful is our footwork. Feet have significance, especially in the gospels. In Luke 8.35 and Luke 10.39, two places in the Gospel of Luke, Mary, the sister of Martha, is described as one who sat at the feet of Jesus. Oftentimes, feet, not only in the Gospels, not only in Scripture, but also in that ancient world were used as a metaphor for discipleship and learning. We have beautiful feet because we have spent time at the feet of Jesus, listening to his commands, learning his stories, drawing near to his heart. We are disciples. We have beautiful feet. And our footwork is essential for the spread of the gospel, for 
making disciples. So I don't know. Take your shoes and socks off right now. Look at those feet. Marvel at the wisdom and the creative design of our creator, God, who gave us feet to stand upright, to stand firm, to walk, to run, to dance, to travel the gospel, the lost sinners. How beautiful are our feet, and how necessary is our footwork. Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for creating us with feet that can take the gospel to people who need to hear it. Lord, we pray that our feet will be committed to your gospel mission. And we pray, Lord, that from head to toe, that we will be committed and engaged in your mission project. And we pray all of this in Christ's name. God bless you this morning. Uh, I have so enjoyed studying this passage of scripture. And I pray that your feet will be beautiful today. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. Have a great day.